Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Let's do the back half of the program here. Actually, you know, Ben, before we do this, I know you're pumped up about the NBA draft tonight, right? Come on, buddy, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah All yeah, right, well, yeah, I have this yeah. ball right here. I have this ball right here. I'm going to give okay. you the rock. Take a shot. Take the jumper. Go. Oh, damn, you missed. All right, first up. I'm a Trumpocrat. The Trumpocrat, that's right. You know, it's easy to forget sometimes, but yes, there are Trump lovers in Chicago, too. Yes. And now we have one Republican committeeman who, along with the president himself, may be yelling voter fraud after November 3rd's election. No collusion. All right. <laughs> it's time for the latest poll watch watch. 18th Ward Republican Precinct Committeeman Devin Jones said on Election Day, that he saw improper handling of ballots, poll workers trying to change ballots, and Dominion machine malfunctions. Uh, Jones said in an interview, quote, they had ballots all over the place. They had ballots on the desk where people checked in. They were eating chicken with the ballots sitting right there. They had ballots on a chair under someone's coat. Uh, at this one, this is still the quote from this guy. At this one particular precinct, they were trying to redo the ballot, like remake the ballot after someone left, which is not the proper process. Uh, he continues here saying, I know we use Dominion in Chicago, the machine that you slide the ballots in. And OK, this guy goes on and on. Jones said he reported his findings to authorities, but says he never got any follow up. Now, this is where we give a shout out to the meanest Illinois political bulldog in the yard. Capital facts his own <laughs> Rich Miller. Oh, get him back on the chain. He's dangerous. Check out CapitalFacts.com, everybody. It's a fantastic website. Uh, Rich Miller reached out to Jim Allen of the Chicago Board of Elections, and Allen said that no such complaint was filed with the board. The board keeps a database of all calls received on Election Day. Not one even resembles the allegations. So according to the Chicago Board of Elections, no such discrepancy occurred. Yes. Let me ask you this. Uh, The allegations that uh, Jones made, who a, a man I never heard of before, D, until you mentioned his name, so I don't know him. I have, unlike the uh, my recitation about Alderman Joe Moore, former Alderman Joe Moore, I have no, know nothing about this dude. Where were those allegations made? What publication do you know? Uh, I can take a look at it. I'm going to go to Capital Facts now. Oh, see. Oh, uh, you read about it on Capital Facts. I got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, this is standard fare for uh the republicans i believe jim allen i know jim allen jim allen and i have had uh debates about the process uh here in the city of chicago but i uh believe a man uh jim jim allen's a man of his word and he has a lot of integrity uh and he would not just make something up so i believe him when he says that they got no um reports from anybody regarding uh voter fraud this is this is the line this is the line that they're delivering Everything about this line is just like underscoring the message they want to send. Even the line about chicken. 
Like, right. just think about what he's saying with the chicken thing, like the voter counters. This is like straight out of Reconstruction. This is like straight out of a kind of like demonizing things that were said uh, during the Reconstruction era. I mean, God, I'm maybe the only guy who knows what Reconstruction. Reconstruction back in the 19th century. Yeah, I wasn't. I'm old, but I wasn't that old. But when uh, after the Civil War, uh, when uh, black residents were f- slaves were freed and were finally given voting rights, they were actually electing um, black officials throughout the South. And some of the cartoons that were used to demonize and mock and trivialize and taunt the the, the elected officials show them like eating chicken and stuff like that. So even that is like like this born out of some ancient racist trope but this is this is what the republicans are doing right now so d they just say things like philadelphia when they want to undercut the vote in pennsylvania they say detroit when they want to under uh when they want to win back michigan in quotes milwaukee and wisconsin they always go to the cities of the states where there's the highest concentration of black people i know what they're doing it's pretty obvious and it doesn't matter if the Republicans doing it are black or white. They're playing the same game. They're playing from the same playbook. I know there's uh, black Republicans who support uh, Donald Trump and are part of this effort. But I just see the game they're playing. I see I, I, the messages that they're sending out and their efforts uh, that the, what their strategy is essentially to reaffirm all the stereotypes that their believers uh, subscribe to which is that when people vote against Donald Trump, it's somehow an illegitimate vote. And that the only legitimate votes are the ones for Donald Trump. And no matter how much evidence you can give them to the contrary, they won't buy it. In fact, I'll go one step further. When you give them evidence of the contrary, they use that to justify the position they already have. And I know this because among the fundraising appeals I've received uh, this morning, this today, from Trump's people trying to raise money for Trump's legal issues uh, were messages that quoted the New York Times and the Washington Post. So it's would say the New York Times headline, there's no substantiation to any of the claims of fraud. CNN headline, no substantiation to any of the claims, et cetera, and so forth. Washington Post. And they go, see? See what the lamestream media is saying? They're trying to cover up evidence of voter fraud. So even when, <laughs> even when the experts say that there's no voter fraud and those headlines appear in the paper covering what the experts say, the flip is, oh, flipping the part of Trump is to say, well, see, it just proves our point. So it's not like you're going to have a rational discussion with any uh, Republican on this issue. They want to win the, re- they want to undo the election or they want to raise money to uh, pay Rudy Giuliani or they want to raise money to, uh, for Donald Trump's defense fund, you know, or they want to win the elections in Georgia. So they're willing to undermine our belief in the voting system. And they're to do that they want to play to every single stereotype and bias and racial trope that exists in this country. I think it's pretty shameful. But, I mean, I've long since given up hope that you can find a Republican to denounce it. 
I'm still waiting for Republicans in the state of Illinois uh, to denounce it. And D, it's interesting you say it's happening in Illinois. They didn't. That wasn't a big uh, game that was happening by that the, the Republicans were pushing in Illinois because, I mean, even Republicans conceded that Illinois uh, was going to go for Biden. So that why fight Illinois? You know, Illinois was a blue state. But I got to tell you this, Democrats. This is a warning from an old Democrat. You're in trouble in the state of Illinois. You're in trouble. This was not a good election in Illinois, in my humble opinion. Fair tax went down. Judge Kilbride went down. Some state rep seats in the Chicago area were lost. I don't think that Durbin's margin of victory was as large as it should have been. Uh, I see J.B. Pritzker really struggling right now. And you have a problem. You have a credibility problem in the state of Illinois. We didn't do our Madigan update about who's on the bus. We'll do that tomorrow. I'm sure that we'll get to that. But you have a problem in the state of Illinois. And you don't want to address it because so much of the party is enthralled to Michael Madigan. Don't want to stick their neck out, you know, and back somebody else. But you have a problem. And right now, as Dennis always points out, Downstate, you've lost downstate. Our good friend Bob Diber, I looked it up. He didn't win uh, Madison County. He's running for Madison County board president. He didn't win. Bob Diber, in my humble opinion, was the voice of reason for downstate Democrats. He extolled the virtues of unions and minimum wage, higher minimum wage. He was for a fair tax. He took stands, progressive stands on uh, economic issues that would presumably do well downstate, and he lost. So you have a problem, Democrats. You got to confront your problem. Got I guess the euphemistic way of saying it is you got a messaging problem. And the issue is the leader of your party, Michael Madigan, has become a tool used by the Republicans to drub Democrats. Now, either Michael Madigan comes to his defense and becomes a more forceful advocate for what he believes in, or you have a divorce. But right now, it's a troubling time for Democrats. And when I see, when I listen to what uh, this gentleman was saying, D, your quotes to him, he's just bringing Trumpism into the state of Illinois. He's just trying to play on the same fears that Republicans are exploiting in Michigan or trying to exploit in Michigan and in Pennsylvania and throughout the country. He's trying to do that here in Illinois. Right now, Illinois is blue. There's no guarantee, ladies and gentlemen, that it'll be blue forever. And uh, the website, centersquare.com. That's where, I, where that came from, where Rich Miller got know. the information. Yeah. All right. Uh, and once again, this feller's name making these accusations is Devin Jones. Devin Jones, not Alex Jones. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> Not him. All right. Sounded a little like him. Sounded a little (laughs) like him, but not him. All right. And Illinois Governor J.B. Pritzker gave his daily COVID-19 update this afternoon at the Thompson Center. And we'll cover that on Thursday, along with who's now on or off the bus, ready to roll over Speaker Mike Madigan. (laughs) Bus is still out there. 
But uh, about the governor's Tuesday COVID-19 update. During his Tuesday press briefing, the governor said his family received hateful and threatening messages in recent days after a photo posted on social media erroneously claimed his daughter was dining with a large group of teens at a restaurant in downtown Chicago. The governor's office debunked the photo, but that did not stop it from being shared by Radio Shock Jocks and the Chicago City Wire, a conservative-backed online site known for spreading misinformation. Many stories on the site do not have an individual's name attached, and the one using the picture features uh, prominently on the site despite it being nine days old. Pritzker initially was visibly emotional, pausing when he said the incident prompted his family to change their holiday plans. His wife MK and daughter are now in Florida where they will stay for Thanksgiving while the governor and his son will remain in Illinois. So, uh, yeah, this uh, went down uh, during Tuesday's press briefing. Ben, uh, you got a chance to look at that, right? Yeah, it was very troubling. And uh, listen, everybody knows I'm sympathetic to J.B. Pritzker. Uh, He's in the middle of this pandemic, uh, his, his, the challenges he faces are far greater than any other official in the state of Illinois. And he stumbled f- from time to time, absolutely. I mean, it's a very difficult, challenging moment. But by and large, I think he's tried to do the right thing by the people of Illinois. And uh, this, look, this is another tactic by Republicans. They come at you hard. They're unafraid to make all kinds of threats uh, and uh, it leads to violence. This is what happened in Michigan. Uh, the accusations that various militiamen wanted to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer because what? They thought she was a tyrant because she was trying to uh, have statewide protocol to protect citizens. By the way, I'm just like, I'm looking at the states that are now having mask laws, D, Iowa with a Republican. Now that the election's over, <laughs> Iowa, you know. Republican, North Dakota, they got them, you know, like governors, Republican governors are coming face to face with the challenges that they ducked when uh, Donnie Trump was running around the country uh, trying to uh, minimize the impact of COVID and having these super spreader rallies. And they're now sounding like Pritzker, just pointing that out there. If you take seriously your responsibility to look out for the health needs of your citizens, then you got to confront the fact that we're in the middle of a pandemic and the fastest way to stop the spread of it or the the easiest way to stop the spread of it is to wear a mask. So now it seems like Republicans are slowly inching toward that now that the pressure of Donald Trump and his campaign is gone. But that doesn't stop the violence and the rhetoric and behavior of MAGA hat wearers uh, against Democratic governors. So uh, my heart goes out to Pritzker in this one, D. Look, I know he's a billionaire. We make fun of him. We make fun of the toilets. We make fun of Pritzker on this show. But he's a human being. You know, and uh, I think that was I'm where are the Republicans in the state of Illinois to stand up and take a stand against that? Where are they? Nowhere to be found. So uh, my heart goes out to the Pritzker family. Uh, That's, you know, it's no good. I've been critical of a lot of politicians in in Chicago and Illinois for the last 30 years, but I always leave the family out of it. I think that's a, 
I think Republicans should start doing that as well. All right. And uh, like I said, we're going to be covering uh, Pritzker's COVID-19 update from Wednesday on Thursday's show. All right. And finally, real quick, the voicemail. Shout out to our insanely talented live stream chat listener, one Mike Girardi. He just reminded me on the live stream chat of a voicemail that he left. And well... I never played it. Uh, it's pretty old now, and I'm a little embarrassed, but uh, I think you'll still get a kick out of this, Ben. Ben, if you could, uh, please tell me today's date. Oh, my God. Today's date, I got to look at the newspaper, is November 18th. Okay, okay. Well, uh, this voicemail from Mike Girardi was sent on October 31st. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what the hell is that? <laughs> Oh, Halloween. <laughs> All right. So uh, let's play the voicemail. Like wow. I said, I think you'll get a kick out of it. My apologies, Mike Girardi. Uh, I'm working on uh, this voicemail process. All right. Uh, hey, if you want to leave a voicemail, who knows? Maybe we'll play it a month later like Mike Girardi. 708-658-4788. Let's hear this voicemail from Mike Girardi. By the way, if you want to hear Mike Girardi's songs that he made exclusively for the Ben Jarofsky show, head to Mike Girardi Bandcamp, G-E-R-A-R-D-I. Okay, here we go. Mike Girardi. Hey, guys. It's Mike Girardi. Um, so I know this is a bad time because the election is the biggest thing happening right now. Yeah, very old voice. But I want to offer you a quick distraction from the election and tell you about how I checked out this book from my beloved Chicago Public Library, and it's called Race and Politics in Chicago. And it was published a long, long time ago, in 1987. And... <laughs> It was written by some hippie. I forget his name. But uh, I was wondering as I was reading this, it talks about these voting blocks and differentiates between white ethnics and white liberals. And I was wondering, I, like, I wonder if that applies anymore what the equivalent is nowadays. I'm curious what you think about that. And also, I think that there should be a sequel to this book and that it should pick up where it left off and go to the modern day because it's a great book. And uh, I would recommend everybody read it who listens to the show. And uh, I was trying to get a hold of the author, track him down to tell him to write a sequel. <laughs> but, um, you know, way back in 1987, it says in the back of the book that he worked for the Chicago Reader. And I'm sure he doesn't anymore because that was a long, long time ago. <laughs> um, so if you ever run into him taking a walk at night in a bull's hat on the north side of Chicago, uh, tell him to get back to me. All right. Take care. Have a good week, you guys. And there he was, Mike Girardi. He's obviously talking about you, right? Yeah, no, that was a long time ago. And Mike Girardi, God bless you. Thank you for doing that. Uh, you are such a good friend of the show. Um, yeah, 1987. Good God, Dennis was like two. <laughs> I don't even know if Michael Girardi was born yet. Yeah, hey, I was four. Uh, Okay, uh, Miles. You know, I think of all the guests who come on my show on a regular basis who are either in diapers or unborn. Uh, and there I was. 
<laughs> Writing about politics in Chicago. I tell you, folks, I've been doing this for a while. But I, uh, yeah, I wrote a co-wrote it with my uh, old friend, dear friend uh, Eddie Camacho, and uh, Eduardo Camacho, and um, yeah, we took a look at uh, race relations in the city of Chicago and the impact it has on politics. And the alliance uh, that I was alluding to is one that existed uh, in the late 70s where uh, Democrats on the southwest and northwest side were trying to uh, uh, build coalitions with lakefront liberal aldermen. Uh, And you don't see that directly that much anymore. But there's so many... um, the update should be written, Mike, because what I am seeing, I just saw this on the, the budget vote, which we talked about earlier today. I saw this on the budget vote where there's this anti-property tax uh, attitude on the north side lakefront wards and on the northwest and the southwest side when it comes to the city budget, of course. All these same aldermen, they don't apparently see uh, that a TIFs raise property taxes, like to point that out. So there are that effort continues uh, to a certain degree. And Mayor Daley took, made great success of that uh, in the years following the publication of my book. Harold Washington was the mayor when I wrote that thing. Uh, but uh, Mayor Daley was immensely successful that, Mike. Uh, he immediately found uh, a base of support on the North Lake front that uh, bolstered the support he already had on the southwest side. As you know, he comes from the 11th Ward, uh, Bridgeport area and the southwest side, uh, and, uh, and on the northwest side as well. And that was pretty much unbeatable for him. Uh, and eventually uh, the black wards came along to him as well. So uh, I think that alliance, whether it's as um, spoken as much uh, as it was in the past, is still very much alive. Uh, And uh, was at play yesterday, or today, excuse me, when the the city council voted uh, for Mayor Lightfoot's budget, but the no votes came from the Northwest, Southwest, and Lakefront Alderman. All right. Hey, everybody. Remember, you can find us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can always send us an email, Benny J Show at gmail.com and be like Mike Girardi. I'm getting better about playing these voicemails. All right. Maybe, I don't know, uh, three days later, I could uh, probably uh, play it. Uh, 708-658-4788. That number again, 708-658-4788. And hey, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, and so much more at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download your favorite podcast if you're listening on download right now check out the live stream we go tuesday through friday one until 3 p.m central time uh, on the sun times youtube channel but starting in december on the chicago reader youtube channel only so be on the lookout for that as well and have a great day look around you can find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro, cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on AutoTrader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on AutoTrader. Just you wait. AutoTrader. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. 
Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Coriant has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Coriant has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Coriant's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.